diverse and disruptive. Just the way we like it on the Easy Does It podcast. We know that South Africans have low levels of financial literacy. Mm. A lot of us are not good with money. What are the factors that actually lead to that? Why are we not so good with money? So there is a lot of factors, like you say, right? And I think we can boil it also down to, let's say, how for the broader majority of South Africans, we just have 28 years of being able to freely participate in the market, right? Mm. Uh, we can also look at how conversations within households are not had openly and honestly with regards to our finances, right? Uh, I don't know when I was young, there's, there had never been a time when I sat down with my parents and you know they opened up with regards to their finances. And because that's your first interaction when it comes to your finances, I feel like it's a very big foundation, right? So that doesn't happen. And another thing is that we can look at the schooling system. We don't have a system whereby education is taught to us as we're growing up, right? So that creates lack of knowledge, right? And there's a saying that says that the lack of knowledge when it comes to a subject matter leads to the lack of confidence when dealing with that subject matter. So essentially, we also don't have confidence in dealing with our finances. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> My name is DJ At Large and thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Now, today's episode is all about financial education versus financial advice. Nothing annoys me more than people who carelessly give financial advice on social media or even around the bride. Now we must invest because you heard there's a stock. No, man. No, man. It can be so disastrous. Uh, and don't get me wrong, right? I am all for people sharing financial education, but we need to be careful, right? What I've learned is that personal finance is personal. What is right for me might not necessarily be right for you. So it's important to not copy and paste all the financial advice that you are given. So today I've invited a young and energetic financial professional, Obageng, who is an independent financial planner to help guide us. He is a champion of wealth. When does financial education become financial advice? And who on earth is authorized to even give us financial advice? Obageng, welcome to the Easy Does It podcast, brother. What's up, Large? Thanks. Oh, man. Uh, we've had a number of chats. It's great to meet you. Welcome to the home of podcasting. And we're all about money. And uh, I love to, to, to welcome a wealth champion uh, into the studio today. Thanks a lot for having me, man. Yeah. I mean, it's such an honor to be amongst one of the radio greats. You oh, know? man. Let me... DJ he, at large. He's trying to make you oh, blush oh, oh, and everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we talk uh, education and, and advice, right? I have a random money question for you. As a, as a financial advisor, financial planner, do you have somebody that advises you on your money? Because my mind is like, I'm a professional. Do I need another professional to help me out? Uh, that's my random money question for you. Do you have somebody that assists you with your finances? Look, uh, before I answer that, you know, um, there's a saying that says that a doctor makes a horrible patient, right? And a lawyer can't stand in court and represent themselves because you end up being subjective. So, yes, I do have a financial advisor. I do have someone who, ha who is voice of reason, you know, who keeps me objective when it comes to my finances. 
And that person is not necessarily linked to my portfolio. Okay. I'd say it's a person who um, I can go to for financial opinions, you know, okay. and keep me okay. on track. So okay. yes, I do have one. I do have people that I go to and, you know, I ask for opinions when it comes to my finances because it's very important to be objective, right? Mm. So yeah, that's that's basically it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what's your definition of financial education and why is it so important? Look, I think before we define what financial education is we have to define what education is right and for me uh, there's a definition that I like and it says that education is having an enlightening experience right Ooh. so when it comes to financial education it means you're having an enlightening experience with regards to your finances right so the reason why it's so important is because finances play a very important role within our lives right uh, out of a lot of things within our lives is one of the constant things right it's always there and the problem is the importance of it is that the decisions that you make with regards to your finances can affect your livelihood, mm. right? And if you have a family and that's bad because now you're affecting your family's livelihood. So it's very important to be educated and to know what to do with your finances because it's a very big decision or those decisions that you make can alter your life, you know? So, yeah, that's why it's very important to be educated when it comes to your finances. Mm. I think the answer to my next question is complex and it's it's layered, right? Mm. We know that South Africans have low levels of financial literacy. Mm. A lot of us are not good with money. What are the factors that actually lead to that? Why are we not so good with money? So there is a lot of factors, like you say, right? And I think um, we can boil it also down to, let's say, how for the broader majority of South Africans, we just have 28 years of being able to freely participate in the market, right? Mm. Uh, we can also look at how conversations within households are not had openly and honestly with regards to our finances, right? Uh, I don't know, when I was young, there's, there had never been a time when I sat down with my parents and, you know, they opened up with regards to their finances. And because that's your first interaction when it comes to your finances, I feel like it's a very big foundation, right? So that doesn't happen. And another thing is that we can look at the schooling system. We don't have a system whereby education is taught to us as we're growing up, right? So that creates lack of knowledge, right? And there's a saying that says that the lack of knowledge when it comes to a subject matter leads to the lack of confidence when dealing with that subject matter. So essentially, we also don't have confidence in dealing dealing with our finances right so those are some of the things that i've noticed that you know because of where we come from as a society you know because of the conversations that are not had at home and because of the lack of confidence in dealing with those things uh, that's why we find ourselves where we are and that's why it's very important to ensure that people are educated you know people have access to information to ensure that the decisions that are making that they are making with regards to their finances is informed and it's the right decision so those are the few things that I, i'd say um, I could outline and say that's why we find ourselves where we are as South Africans in terms of being financially illiterate. And, and you know what I really love about you and, 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 and the way you speak is you don't complicate finances. I think mm. sometimes financial education, it's too complicated. Mm. And sometimes the educator isn't relatable. Yes. They don't understand my culture, my being, my youthfulness, how mm. I make financial mm. mistakes. Sometimes they will give you education and even advice on a level 
level that doesn't have much perspective right yes. so i think it's also important that young financial advisors and planners like yourself mm. are also in the space who better understand the the family dynamics of money um, as well now talking a bit about financial advice mm. at what point does financial education become financial advice well financial education basically is objective and factual information when it comes to financial products right uh the information doesn't change it's a fact you know you can be presenting but as long as you're not giving recommendation right you can be giving information as long as there is no recommendation it becomes advice when that information is used as a recommendation or a guidance or a proposal for a financial product to be bought now that's advice right because for example i can be explaining to you what a retirement annuity is right yes. i can explain uh the concept of a retirement annuity the benefits and so on and so forth yes, yes. just generalizing you okay. know and giving factual objective information it becomes advice now when i say yo large you know uh this is the income that you're earning uh this is the goal that you have when it comes to your retirement so actually you need a retirement annuity of this amount of premium to reach that goal so now my recommendation leads to I you see, taking I that see, product I right see, and see. now then it is financial advice i moved from giving you the education to, to putting a plan in place recommending that plan and we implement that plan so then that is financial advice so that is the difference okay. when you're sitting down with someone just giving factual information it's education because the information doesn't change right but when it comes to advice the information changes according to your financial position this right. is why you're the wealth champion. Right? You've just <laughs> broken this down so simply. The moment there is a recommendation, yes, that's when we start to move into the territory of financial advice. Yes, it brings me to my next question: Who on earth has the authority to give financial advice? So, when it comes to uh, who has the authority, we we as financial planners, financial advisors, we're regulated by the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, right? And we follow the financial advisory and intermediary services act right okay. so as an individual you have to be registered as a representative of a financial mm. service provider right and it shows that you are mandated and you are authorized to give financial advice with regards to that financial service provider right and all these things are obviously put in place to protect the yeah. consumer to protect yeah. the client to ensure that uh, if anything or any information is given and it's not in your best interest there's measures in place to ensure that uh, the client is kept at you know their best interest are upheld right okay. so that's who can give financial advice okay. as well as you have to have your regulatory examination you have to have written and posted which is your RE5 okay. as well as you have to have industry uh, related qualifications right so you are registered and authorized by FSP you are registered with the financial service conduct authority as a representative so that if your actions are not in the best interest of the client they can be a complaint process okay. right okay. whereas okay. you find that you might be debarred because of your actions you know so these are all protective measures that are put in place for the client so that is a person who can give financial advice you have to belong or be registered with the financial service provider through the financial service conduct authority okay cool but but now how do i verify that this person i'm speaking to is actually authorized because anybody can just be mm. we're at the price stand and you're just like mm. yeah i'm a financial advisor mm. and i have no idea 
So I always tell my clients that it's very important that when you meet uh, someone, a financial planner, financial advisor, it's very important that you request them to show you their permit, right? Mm-hmm. So all financial planners and financial advisors should have a permit. And the, the permit essentially what it is is that it tells you what the person is able or authorized to give advice on, right? Mm. The categories in which they can give advice on, right? Okay, so just give me a second. Mm. So, not all financial planners or advisors can give advice on everything. Yes. There's specific things that they yes. can give advice on. Yes. I got you. Because uh, when you get into the industry, there's certain class of businesses that you do. There's certain um, qualifications that you do. And they give you the authority to be able to give advice on those particular subjects, right? So it will tell you the qualification of the advisor. It will tell you what they mandated to give advice on. You know, what they qualify, what are they qualified to give advice on. The experience as well, right? So this permit, I always tell people, whether it's at initial interaction, with the financial planner or whether it's at the appointment stage always tell ask the financial advisor to provide you with a permit it's like um i saw a video now of um a gentleman he and he got stopped by the police right and the police was asking to search his car and he's like no but show me your permit i'm not even sure if you're a policeman (laughs) true you know like true i don't know if you are authorized to do what you're doing so show me your permit right and it's the same thing you have to request that the financial planner shows you their permit otherwise you you can't verify if that person it can or should be given that advice mm. oh but King, there might be some of our listeners that are saying what are you guys saying are you guys saying that we should completely ignore financial advice from our loved ones or influences on social media is that what we're saying are we saying there's no value in other people giving you advice Look, I don't necessarily think we should ignore it, but we should rather use it as a means for financial direction, okay, right? Okay, and okay. reason being, when it comes to our family, their advice is coming from a good place, mm-hmm. right? It's not that they're trying to uh, give you bad advice, right? But sometimes the advice is not well informed. Okay, you, you get okay, what I'm saying. Okay, okay. For example, there's uh, a lady uh, that I know of, uh, and this lady uh, was advised by her relative to... Uh, cash out her pension a month before uh, retirement age right so therefore it's a resignation at that point okay so she was told to do so because at that point she'll be able to receive all her pension benefits in cash as a lump sum right but what the relative failed to tell her is that when you do that SARS hits you hard you know you pay a lot in tax like tax hits you right so this lady when the money was paid into a bank she received about a million rand less now imagine imagine now you're planning your life after retirement with what you expected to get and you're getting one million less one million rand less that's so much money understand so the advice was coming from a good you know point but it was not well informed you know and it's tragic because you can't redo you can't uh reverse that decision it's final it's complete and you can understand where she finds herself now because i mean you can't build that million again you know it takes a long time so but when it comes to uh influencers i i believe influencers are doing a very great job in terms of um educating the masses right educating them and putting forth information that was never made 
that readily available on the public space, right? I think the problem is when people use that as advice and they use that to purchase certain financial products. The copy and paste. The copy copy and and paste. paste. I see. Exactly. So what that does is that now you're in a situation whereby you lose money, but you're not protected. So when you're dealing with a financial advisor or financial planner who gave you that advice and you find out that what you got was actually not in your best interest, you are protected. You know, you can complain with the Financial Service Conduct Authority. You can go lodge a complaint with the ombudsman, you know, and sometimes you can recover your losses. But on the other side, you caught the L, you caught the body. Um, You know, I I agree with you. I, I think... You know, family, friends, and even influencers—they've got a role to play yes. in, in in educating us in a language that we understand, yes. and even sharing some of their financial mistakes to say, "Guys, this is what I did. It didn't work out. This is how I corrected it." Mm. But when you start to copy and paste it and use it in your own financial journey, that's when the the problems start start to begin. 100%. So I agree with you. I'm very curious to know, um, you know, how would you describe the work that you do as a financial planner, and why do you choose this particular profession? M- most of the financial advisors and planners i know they are very old <laughs> very, very old <laughs> so it's interesting to see somebody young yeah. black energetic knows everything about money and speaks mm. so eloquently yet is so relatable I, I i have to know this man i have to know this. yeah well for me um when i was in high school i was part of a social club called gentleman's club right mm. and um the gentleman's club was uh, literally a group of young men who had the same vision, which is to accumulate and grow wealth, okay. you know. And uh, within the social club, I came across Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people know about it. And it, it enlightened me, you know, it enlightened me to find out more about finances, find out more about building wealth, preserving wealth and so on and so forth. So after high school, then I went to university, I studied BCom finance and after that I studied uh, honors in financial planning and that's okay. because I was like, you know, uh, you need to know how to manage your tax, so your tax planning, your investment planning, your risk like planning, that. you need to know how to do these things in order to build wealth as well, right? As well as risk planning, you know, to protect that wealth. So. When I got into the industry, I started seeing that yo, a lot of people are so misinformed and not educated when it comes to their finances. And I was like, yo, why is it that, you know, these people have been working for so long, but no one has actually really educated them with regards to their finances and something that's so important and plays a pivotal role within your everyday life, you know? And I was like, you know, I need to create value i need to make a difference especially for uh the broader majority of south africans you know because uh that's the problem that we have so as a financial advisor i regard as i regard myself as someone who listens to my clients deepest fears and their greatest dreams and i lead with an education-led process to help you achieve everything and anything that is very important to you right because if you're informed and if you're educated you can make well-informed decisions mm-hmm. right and it sparks conversations you know uh you the confidence is there yeah, you're able to yeah. speak about it even with your kids you know you can impart information and knowledge to the next generation because now you know about it right because You find that with uh, our family members, our parents, the reason why we were not having these conversations is that they didn't know much about it themselves. Uh, Right. So, so so that that's the thing, and um, that's what how I see myself in the industry. You know, is that you know I need to impart knowledge because I know what journey I'm on, and a lot of people want to be on that journey, 
and the best way to start yeah. is with education yeah man ah, man i absolutely love that you know there are a number of myths and misconceptions associated with financial professionals <laughs> whether it's advisors or planners or yeah. money coaches uh, and the type of work that you guys do mm. what are the most common misconceptions that you come across mm. uh, doing your job and maybe we can debunk one or two of them the ones that come across are uh, mostly there's three uh, you know it's um one that's that is that uh you need to be wealthy and rich to have a financial advisor which is really not true you know at the end of the day you have to understand that uh you can set an appointment with any financial advisor any financial planner right because how we get remunerated is not the same as doctors you know although some advisors are doing that in the sense that uh you paying consultation fees for sitting down with an advisor okay. but that's not the case oh, not all of them not like all that. of them okay. are like okay. that okay. you can sit down with a financial advisor tell him your goals tell him what you want to achieve and you can structure uh, a plan right only when a financial product is taken up then obviously the advisor will get remunerated right yeah. that's how it is so anyone can have a financial advisor you can request it you know and the other one is the fact that you are too young to have a financial advisor which is not true i always give um this this analogy of if you wanted to start gymming right mm-hmm. and you wanted to lose weight or you wanted to reach your ideal body goals right cool, cool. you walk into virgin active and you sit down with a personal trainer right the personal trainer will sit down with you and they'll measure your height they'll measure your weight they'll check your body mass index right and then he will ask you what's your goal right and you'll tell him this is my ideal body goal and he'll work a plan with you right and then from there you'll start exercising and you'll doing start going to gym work. doing yeah. the actual work yeah. and it's not going to take a week it's not going to take 2 weeks take it's not going to take yeah. a month it can take years yeah. right yeah. but it's easier when you're younger as opposed to when you're older and you want to start gymming and you want to start losing weight right so it's the same analogy when it comes to your finances the younger you are the more risks you can take right you don't have a lot of responsibility mm. right you can build that discipline you know of saving of investing mm. you know because the older you get you get kids now now you have a car more now you have mortgage yeah. the responsibilities increase and now your budget become restricted mm. you know there's not a lot you can do you know what i think it is i think mm. it's that that idea that the only time you should start caring about money and building wealth is when you're earning a lot and that's not the case that's not the case whether it's 1000 rand whether it's 2000 rand just have a plan in place and right start and start, started, yeah. start whether it's with 100 rand 50 rand do something yeah man i i definitely agree with you in terms of some of your clients right uh, could you share some few financial wins that you've seen your clients having perhaps you know you're getting a client that's in there they're not quite sure they're not quite confident and then at the end or you know during their financial journey you start to see some wins So with me I haven't been in the industry long enough to say that my clients or me and my clients have really reached the end of the journey in terms yeah. of them reaching you know their financial goals mm-hmm. right but I'd say my biggest win is when clients come to me and now they telling me about financial concepts <laughs> you know? and I'm like yo I did a good job you know I did a good job now we having conversation when it comes to finances and education because now they have that confidence you know and i believe that with that confidence the discipline will be there so in within our journey we will ultimately reach our goal you know because there is interest in learning more you know about the finances so 
that's where I'm at right now oh, and I'm I'm happy with it you know because I know the time will come the time will come I'm adding value they seeing the value yeah. they learning more you know so the goals will reach them oh man I absolutely love that <laughs> for those who are interested in booking a consultation with you they want to catch you on social media uh, wh- where do we find you how do we get in touch with you man so um for those who have LinkedIn you can just go on LinkedIn and search for me Obakeng Mauka and then on LinkedIn there's a link to my website you can click uh the link it will take you to my website where you'll find um all my information my details you can also uh book an appointment on my website and then for those who don't have LinkedIn I'm also on Facebook as Obakeng Mauka Salam Financial Advisor you can get me there and then if you can't get me at any of those places then you can google me baby That's how the world champions do, man. <laughs> financial education versus financial advice. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, uh, Overking. Ah, thanks a lot, Lodge. It's been an honor. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Desert podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities. Equity.